Several phone calls over the past two weeks have unexpectedly given me some clarity about age-related perspectives on life and a sense of the gap in generations. These days, I have been thinking a great deal about generation gaps. They have always existed, of course, but perhaps I am just in the right place to see them more clearly and to understand why they do exist. I know that I shouldn't be surprised about them. Every human being who has lived past the age of, say, 30 years has readily recognized the space between his or her generation, the previous one, and the next one. If you doubt this, just think about music preferences. The reason for my heightened awareness stems from several phone calls received just within the span of the past two weeks. First, there were the calls from two of our children. They didn't reach out to say, hello, how are you, as is usually the case, but to share a burden or two which had perplexed them. They called because, not surprisingly, both matters were ones that Katie and I had faced in our own earlier years. Having parents who have struggled through similar crises is a potential blessing or curse, depending upon the parent. There's nothing more comforting and reassuring than the voice of someone who has been there, a bit like misery loves company. The irony is that often the best we can do is listen and empathize with an occasional suggestion. We can offer morale support. But challenges in life beg to be surmounted and quickly. In our earlier years, we worry about decisions that can have a lasting impact upon us for a long time to come. Our perspective is one of looking straight ahead at what might be the result of a difficult decision. My kids were anxious over their circumstances of the moment. I remember that from my own past and can readily identify with it. The next call came several days later. It was from a friend met relatively later in our lives, but one whom we have come to value and enjoy with periodic visits or calls over the course of a year. We had visited with him just several weeks previously on Madeline Island, so the timing of the call raised a red flag. Those of a certain age, we are all grateful septuagenarians, gradually come to be wary of unexpected calls. He got straight to the point. After a long series of medical tests, he had been diagnosed with an aggressive illness that is likely terminal. It turns out that in our later years, the burdens and challenges we are required to tackle are somehow bigger than those met in earlier times, probably because they often have to do with our mortality. I was struck by my responses to his news, listening and empathizing with an occasional suggestion. It occurred to me that my acknowledgments of painful moments are consistent, if nothing else. He delivered the news largely without emotion. The diagnosis was certainly not what he wanted to hear, and the prognosis sucked the air out of the room, as he recalled. But even in the face of a serious outlook, he remained matter-of-fact and upbeat. Here, 
there was far less worry about decisions that can impact him for a long time to come. This was simply the experience of a call, which each of us will receive in time, a marker ahead of whatever lies beyond life. Virtually all of his comments were full of deep gratitude and happy in hope. Having attained the final quarter or more of my own life, I could easily identify with our friend's matter-of-fact reporting. It was the same narration that I had received from another friend recently, a similarly grim diagnosis, straightforwardly shared with a friend, sans emotion, couched in hopefulness and overwhelmingly filled with thankfulness for 70-plus years of stewardship on this earth. He and I are both convinced that he is not going anywhere anytime soon. But the bushwhack that knocked him down was no pulled punch. It was a factual reminder of our finite days. For we are merely stewards, at whatever the age, the caretakers of abilities, energies, opportunities, and gifts. We do not own any of them forever. It's a reality that is far more evident to an older generation than to a younger one. I cannot assert that either of my contemporaries felt happiness at the news they had received, but such an emotion might not be unwarranted. If gratitude is already part of our perspective, then the introduction of a closing chapter of life might be another blessing, a point of relief in recognizing that we have the ability to set free those elements of concern which ultimately were not so important. We can look back in an accounting of our time, feeling pride at temporal achievements and maybe even addressing mistakes made along the way. Our lives require substantially the whole journey before we understand the context of our days and the matters we chose to honor with our time. Our younger years are spent in plans and visions for the future, often dreaming and executing with as much detail as we can gather. But that's not the way lives tend to unfold. Detours and delays are as certain as highway construction in summer. And at age 30, things that will turn out to be passing matters create great anxieties. At age 80, facing the ultimate matters of life has the capacity to allow us relief, peace, even happiness. We have the advantages of hindsight and new expectations, an ironic generation gap. I fully recognize the generalities suggested here. We are, of course, still individual in our makeups and adaptations to what life presents to us and how we choose to respond to it. One day, my kids will look back on the issues of last week, if they remember them at all, and shrug at the moments. Larger issues will have occupied the spaces once lingering there. Meanwhile, at a further end of the journey, I am calmed by the emotionally moving examples of my friends and the blueprints they have gifted to me.